and welcome to episode number 38 of Basha's Thoughts. Today I'd like to talk to you about the idea of making life experience more meaningful. And this is because there's a lot of talk about us being in a meaning crisis. And this meaning crisis is related to our greater crisis, which is that of us starting to move closer and closer to our own extinction because of how we use technology. And there's a very interesting uh, YouTube series called Awakening from the Meaning Crisis by John Ferveke on YouTube. I think there's some 50 episodes of it and it goes into a historical overview in the beginning. So historically we could say that this might come from the natural philosophers way back when we look at the ancient Greeks and we see the distinction between the focus on what is, the focus on truth in a way, the search for truth, the search for what is, wanting to know, you could say, but this being disconnected from the transformative aspects of becoming wise. So wanting to know, having knowledge, and becoming wise become two very separate things and the natural philosophers were focusing on what became later on the more scientific worldview and then you had the sophists who were focusing on rhetoric who were focusing on the transformational aspect who were focusing on trying to make a person change transform in a particular way, but in a way that was disconnected from the truth, from what was best for the person. And so in rhetoric we capture a particular idea and we focus on it. If we can do that well enough, then inside of the mind of another person we can create these processes that are self-replicating and they just go around in circles and make something relevant and more relevant and more relevant until it becomes the most relevant thing for us. Although actually we know that it's not, and yet because of the process we tend to transform and do and act in other ways. So this is something we see in advertisement. We see people focusing on perhaps some positive aspects of something that might not be the best choice for us. And when we focus so much on the positive aspect and it goes around in our head enough, we might actually be transformed into buying it or believing in a particular system of thought. We might get a political persuasion or whatever it is that is being sold, you could say. So. This separation between what is and how to use it and how to transform so that we can use it in a wise way has led to a problematic view right now where our technology is not being used in the most wise way. Instead, it is being used to move us closer to our own extinction. Now, the scientific worldview today actually is something that is rather cold. It creates this idea of a, a cold universe 
that has no particular purpose. It just happens to be there and it's working randomly or in following some mechanistic laws. But there is no real purpose for it. There's nothing behind it. And you are just an agglomeration of atoms that are self-replicating. This kind of view can be a little bit traumatizing and it can make a person a little bit nihilistic where you ask, what's the meaning? Why am I here anyways? What's the purpose of it? And um, what's the meaning behind everything? And if you can lose the meaning, then you kind of lose everything else. Because if you have a set of morals, for instance, moral values, well, if they're not sitting on top of something meaningful, well, then they won't actually really matter. So you have to have some kind of an underlying meaning. And we're lacking that in our worldview today unless we decide to take a leap of faith and believe in some kind of god that might be might be written about in some text and even the religions have caused quite a bit of disaster for us as well we have ideas like in Sweden for instance where you have a lot of protestant views from the past where People should not think that they are anything. You are worthless. You should know it. That's the basic view from the church. And only God can save you. And you can only work hard. That's the only thing you can do. And hope you will be saved because you can't do anything. You can't be saved. You can't do anything to earn your... Because you're a sinner. And you're basically worthless and you shouldn't believe that you are anything and you shouldn't have any pride because that's a sin. So these kinds of ideas are not exactly helping in terms of creating meaning, purpose and a worldview that is deeply satisfying. So this is where we find ourselves today. A lot of people are actually experiencing this meaning crisis in different ways. What do you do then? How can you transcend the meaning crisis? How can you make life experience more meaningful? So if you want to make life experience more meaningful, it may be good to know what life experience actually is. So let's start with that. What is experience? Well, actually, if you look at what your experience is, it can be reduced to three components. That is, your thoughts. You can think about things. You have thoughts, ideas, insights, all of that. Let's call it thoughts. You can have feelings in terms of emotions. You can be happy. You can be upset. You can feel love. You can feel all kinds of feelings. And that would be a second component. And the third component is perceptions. This is what we perceive with our senses. We perceive the world through our eyes, through touch, smell, hearing, right? So, perceptions. And that is all, pretty much, in terms of how we experience the world. 
we experience the world through our perceptions, with our emotions and our thoughts. So this is, you could say, experience. What about meaningful? Making this experience more meaningful. What is meaningful? How do you make something more meaningful? When does something become more meaningful to you? Well, that too can almost be reduced to a unification. And a unification within all of these three arenas and between them. So if you look at the arena of perceptions, this is what you perceive. You don't want to distance yourself, separate yourself from what you are experiencing. You want to feel that you're connected to the world that you're perceiving. If you imagine touch and you're touching with your hand something, and you can feel what it feels like physically to touch something and you run your fingers over it and this might be a pillow and you feel how soft it is, you feel the fabric but now imagine that you have been working very hard and the skin on your hands has become really thick now if you run your fingers over the pillow you won't feel as much. You will have separated yourself a little bit. And so the idea is to be as engaged as possible and to clear everything so that you can perceive it as directly as possible. Not just sensations, but all kinds of perceptions and go as deeply as possible into them. The idea is to become as sensitive as possible. Then we have our emotions. How do we unify our emotions? What does that mean? How does meaning arise? Oh, by the way, if you look at perceptions, can you see that? That if you are connected to where you are, it feels more meaningful. I mean, imagine, just imagine a video game. And imagine a video game that is black and white and it's really pixelated and you're playing it. You, you don't really picture yourself in it. You're, you can't really imagine yourself in it. It's not quite as real to you as if you were to imagine a 3D version that is maybe in a, in a bodysuit that creates sensations as well. Now, if you're in that, wow, then the picture of where you are becomes so much more real, right? Realistic. So you're so much more connected because you can sense better. So with that in mind, you can see how when you clear the windows of your perception, you can see more clearly what actually is and then you can feel more connected to it, unified with it, and it becomes much more meaningful to you. So that's the aspect of perception. Now, back to emotions. How do you find meaning through emotions? Well, love. That's a very meaningful emotion to us, and a lot of us look for that. 
we have the search for that in a lot of movies and television series. And it is when you connect with another person on an emotional level that is what we mean by love, well, then everything starts to feel so much more meaningful. So it is a scale, you could say, of less unifying to more unifying ways of being. Appreciation is a unifying way of being. If you look for things that you can appreciate, that you can enjoy, that you're grateful for, well then, you will be able to feel a greater sense of meaning. And if you go down that scale, you might find other kinds of feelings and emotions. You might find frustration, anger, resentment, depression, and fear. All of those are less unifying, but they're kind of all a little bit on a scale because there is a clear direction towards love. So even fear, which might be at the bottom somewhere, even that is actually motivated by your search for love, search for unification in the mode of emoting. And then you go beyond. Uh, You actually go beyond emotions. But within, just like you go beyond thoughts into insights, for instance, and even further into awareness, which is the third part that we were going to talk about. And so in the arena of thoughts, how do you unify when you look at thoughts? Well, imagine that you're talking to someone uh, or imagine that you're thinking about something first before you even interact with someone else. And you look at something and you try to make sense of it. That which makes sense to you is more meaningful than that which does not. So making sense of things, ah, getting insights, realizing things, wow! You feel like you're getting closer and closer in touch with reality and with that which is and with that which is meaningful. So thoughts pertain to ideas and this idea of making sense of things, understanding and going deeper. That is the unification when it comes to the arena of thoughts. Now it's really interesting that all these three aspects that we have are also the three infinite aspects of one and the same being. And this is who we truly are. And this is why if we try to learn who we are and we go deep enough, we will find meaning and we will find reality. But then we will see what reality actually is, what is actually real, what actually is, is the infinite, is beauty, is love, is pure awareness. These three aspects are the ones that, when they become more separated, 
they move into these three different arenas, three different ways of experiencing the world. So we say that we start with being. Being is related to perceptions, right? And of course, being, real, true being, that is not ontologically washed out, can only be in the infinite. This is why we say that all being is lent to us from the infinite being. Because as soon as you look at the world of relations, of things, of processes, Hegelian processes, they all become washed out. There is no being in itself. A thing doesn't have any being in itself. It is its relations, which are relations to relations, which are relations to relations. And so being is therefore our true nature and it is infinite. And so when we identify with our potential, our infinite nature, our being, and then from there we just play the roles that we play, we can engage more fully and we are not in need of as many thick-skinned protections in order to experience the world, perceive the world and we can more fully engage in it so that's the being aspect and there are also paths if one were to explore this path of perception path of being that is actually rupa yoga rupa meaning form also meaning beauty because once you truly see then you will see that all form is beauty. Mm. <laughs> this is also, you could say, my interpretation of Plato's ascension from the cave and perhaps inspired by Pythagoras and his cosmos and beauty, where you through form, by perceiving real form, you learn better who you are. And as you learn better who you are, you can see more clearly, and as you can see more clearly the forms, then you know even better who you are. So it becomes an ascending way out of the cave that is based around beauty, based around form, based around perceptions. Rupa Yoga. Then we have awareness. What is awareness? Well, this is the aspect of insights, knowledge, thoughts. But of course, the idea is to identify with awareness and not with anything you know. As soon as you focus on any particular thing you know and you identify with it, then you're kind of stuck there and there is no more evolution within that arena. And so, here you have the path of Jnana Yoga, the path of knowledge and insight. That is a path that can also lead you to 
realizing your true nature, who you actually are. And of course, then we have the path of bliss. Bliss has a direction. Bliss is the expansion of the universe. It is that which moves us towards love. It is that which motivates everything. This is the dynamic force of the universe, the pulsation of the Trinity. The Trinity is being, awareness, and bliss. Being unfolds itself into different things, and it looks like it's a lot of different things, and things are outside of each other. You have forms, you have apparent separation, and you have awareness of that. And so you go from being into awareness, and then you go back into being, and it is this dynamics where you realize that all of that is actually just you, that infinite potential. And it is that pulsation, that pulsation that is beyond time. It is not a pulsation in time, because time only appears as awareness is manifest, you could say, as you have something to be aware of. Only within that arena do you actually have what we call time, but this is a pulsation of the universe, the creative pulsation, and it is based around this trinity. So in order for us to move towards a more meaningful life experience, we can work on the different arenas. We can work on our life experience in perceptions and becoming more sensitive and clearing our perceptions, finding the beauty, or we can work in the arena of emotions and work our way towards feeling more and more love, devotion, and we can work in the arena of thoughts and we can try to learn how to make sense and move towards insight and beyond into awareness. But all of these ways ultimately lead us to the same place, that of oneness, that of knowing who we truly are. And this is why knowing who you are is key. And I believe that we are on this transformative path right now. And we have the ability to move everyone closer to greater unity. Doesn't mean that we necessarily all become enlightened tomorrow. But if we can move in that direction of working on things that actually unify, make more sense, unify us in terms of emotions, and make us more connected to our surroundings, well then, we might move into a beautiful world that transcends this meaning crisis and automatically starts 
to help solve this idea of a technology that is taking us hostage and leading us towards extinction. So that was it for today. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you in another podcast episode. Take care.